Again, I'm I'm Greg. That's James. This yep. is it. Only hurts when I talk. You're back, even though you, you didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah. You just you just forgot to switch to a different podcast after you listened to the last episode, and here we are. We're talking again. You, you accidentally clicked on this email uh, link to the episode. You thought you were returning that uh, Nigerian prince's uh, request for for funds. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Or maybe the Bluetooth to your car is busted and it won't let you change. Oh, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. it auto starts. That's true. Well, you're stuck now, sucker. <laughs> da, da, da. Okay. I, I get in my wife's car in the morning, you know, sometimes to, to go somewhere. I, I turn it on. It immediately connects to her phone in the house and starts playing Bigfoot podcasts. Ah, nice. <laughs> and just like, oh, really, again, with the Bigfoot podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a drag. Episode 782. It's like, how much is there to talk about? I mean, Bigfoot is awesome, but the fact that, yeah, loads onto somebody else's. Yeah, that's a... That's a Oh, God, first world problems. Oh, I, I know I've been photographed at least twice as, as a Bigfoot. That does you know, not surprise me. Mm-hmm. Especially take your shirt off. Nobody needs yeah, to well, see that. Right, that's how they catch me. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the only thing that makes you know that's not true is that I can't move fast enough to be stealthy. Oh, that's... <laughs> like, I, I, I would have been caught. Yeah, by now, yeah. All they would have had to do is go to the nearest barbecue and you'd be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Smoking away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well... That, that's either cemented the fact that you're hanging out for the rest of this episode or you are done with us for good. Yeah. I think that yeah. that was our our best definitive intro ever of do you belong here or not. So thank you for staying. Thank you. Thank you for staying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, pursuant to that, we're going to give you a little break. This is, I would say, our mm-hmm. this is our season one finale episode. It is. Uh, we've never done seasons before, so this is a new thing for us. It gives us a chance to reboot some stuff and take some learnings from what we've done in this, quote, first season. And change things up a bit. So I thought, uh, well, actually, I didn't think this. You thought this. Uh, I, I just wanted to talk about some Gen X stuff. But uh, it's a good way to go out for this first season. It is. It is. We've, we've covered a lot of ground. We had a lot of ideas coming into what we wanted this podcast to be. And we've sort of shotgunned all of it. We've done a lot of mm-hmm. Gen X stuff, mental health. Um, family, money, ranting. I, I feel like we've gotten a lot of stuff off our chests. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are definitely coming back. This is not a season one that never resolves itself. We will be back uh, very soon. Very soon. Yep. We're not taking a huge break. Right. Thank you all for listening through now. And uh, keep us on your subscribe because there's more coming. Yep. Give us a couple of weeks. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Yeah. Gotta take a breath. But we want to we wanna go out. Sober up a little. <laughs> Mm, let's not get too crazy. Okay, no, okay, maybe not. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up season one talking about Gen X and some things that I keep seeing over and over. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't. It's one of those things is freaking Google cookies or whatever they are that see what you click on to read for like the news, and then they just fill your news feed with shit like that. So I'm like, wow, I'm reading a lot about about Generation X lately. I wonder why. Spoke. Spoken like someone who doesn't know what a cookie is. Go on, right. go on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's a it's a thing that actually I, it's a disc shaped thing I shoved in my mouth for breakfast this morning. Oatmeal raisin, mm. ginger. Anyway, some things that I've been thinking about. I see a lot of memes, social media stuff, like you know, 
it'll be like Gen Z or, or millennials saying it's like, hey, why did Gen X get a pass? And then it's some like grumpy woman, Gen X woman or some grizzled Gen X dude bestowing some wisdom about how we were, you know, latchkey kids and we will cut a bitch. And it it's like she's not wrong. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. She's not wrong. And so it, it did have me thinking quite a bit about my past and growing up and how those things created who we are today, right? And so I wanted to I wanted to just at least in the first season here have one of those when I was a kid discussions. But not just, you know, when I was a kid, I remember blah, 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 and everybody else sucks because they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but more of a question around how, how does that reflect who we are today? Are we still there? Because in some cases, I don't think we are. Mm -hmm. I think some Gen Xers have gone the opposite direction because in many cases, they're the parents of Gen Z. Yep. What the fuck? Uh, what happened? What, did, did you learn nothing <laughs> in the 80s? I mean, come on. So, yeah, I want to talk about that. I, I think that's very interesting, especially, especially as someone who is a parent of a couple of Gen Zs. Mm -hmm. And I see, I can see to some degree how the difference in, in how they've been allowed or encouraged to grow up has, has changed their progress or in some cases lack thereof. Mm -hmm. and, and some things I think I've learned to, to help them along on that. Now, I will say that you and I had very different upbringings. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I had plenty of, I don't think I had the level of, uh, there's a line between freedom and neglect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I had that, I, I did have that level of freedom of, you know, come back when it's dark out. Of course, no one had cell phones. No one, no one knew where anyone was. And so you had that level of, of just, you know, I'm going to be off in the woods or riding my bike or at somebody's house. And I don't remember ever you know, calling to check in or anything no. like that, unless there was a problem. No. Uh, it, it just was, wasn't was a thing that was, um, it, it, you were just off and about. It just was what it was. We were left to our own devices, which also meant every day was a lesson in decision-making. Because right. there's nobody else there to, to do it for you. Every, every day was a lesson in peer pressure. Every day was a lesson in that kind of stuff. With the advent of cell phones and tracking algorithms, <clears throat> uh, we can we can follow our children around all over the place and know what they're doing at any given time of the day. I, I can tell you right now. I can open my phone and tell you if my college student went to you know when he had lunch yesterday when he went to the dining hall. I think that is profoundly wrong. I I, I agree with you. <laughs> I completely agree with you and. And but yet you whole, still do it. <laughs> I, I still I, I can do it. I occasionally do do it. Mm. And I will say there's a there's an equal lesson there about social media's impact on our generation. We always talk about the, the younger kids and how it affects them. It's had a different and equally damaging impact on our generation. But that's another day. But I think the, the, the concept is a, a huge difference. Huge difference is that as Gen X kids we we lived in that reactor of decision in many cases self-preservation <laughs> and because we all i don't care all of us all of us gen xers have stories that our parents still do not know oh god yes and it's it's like i i think even one of our topics we were going to talk about was how many oh, why am, how am i still alive mm -hmm. because of the shit that i did when i was a kid i mean some of it's tongue-in-cheek but some of it's like damn dude that was that was really dumb. 
<laughs> when I, I have to say one thing that's that's only going to resonate with a single person listening. But when you talk about stories our parents don't know, I'm just going to say banana liqueur, and and you know who you are uh-huh. if you heard me say that. Uh-huh. So I, I I needed to be a little selfish there and put that out yeah, there. Yeah, I I have those stories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking I'm thinking about as a kid. Even I mean, yeah, getting getting a, a bike and being able to like now go further than just a couple of blocks away was a big deal. We didn't wear any helmets, mm-hmm. right? We didn't wear freaking knee pads. Um, now I'm not saying that that was the best thing. I mean, some of us probably should have worn helmets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. You know, you know who you are. <laughs> or maybe you don't anymore, and that's the problem. I mean, is it do kids like uh, uh, do kids even nowadays? build ramps out of janky old boards and jump them, jump their bikes. Do they, um, is that even a thing anymore? Um, it, it, it is. And I will say in my town, we have what we consider a problem and I'm making air quotes. You can't see it. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of kids who after school every day, ride their bikes around the middle of town and like they do wheelies going across the street and tie up traffic. And it's a constant social media issue of where are the cops and where are their parents and then you get people posting pictures of these kids saying, if these are your kids, they're going to get hurt. And then you get people pick saying, how dare you post a picture of someone's child without their permission? My point being, there are kids out there who are still living that life. I don't know. Okay, so take that back to when we were kids. The parents knew who those kids were. Um, maybe. Well, at least in my hometown they did. I mean, okay. because it wasn't... There the, were six, but there were six people there. Yeah, six, six people. Oh, it was Tuesday, there were six there. So... In our in our world, yeah, there were those kids that they were quote those kids, and it was like we were always like when when my parents were going to rail on me, they didn't want us being like those kids, right? Sure. That's like that's like oh boy, that's the lowest common denominator. We we can't go that far. So that was more about being embarrassed than it was about yeah, your safety. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what it was about. It was about being being embarrassed, and mm-hmm. it's like when I was a kid, if you got hurt, like really hurt, your parents were pissed. Yes. I mean, they were mad. They weren't like, oh my God, you know, it's mm-mm. <laughs> because you were being a bonehead. <laughs> They're like, walk it off. <laughs> exactly. It's, it usually did result from doing something dumb that, okay, yep, the kid learned. And the parent was pissed off because our, our physical injury, our gaping wounds was somehow negatively impacting the shit they had to do that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, so now it's like, oh man. Now I got to go do it. I got to take time off work to take this kid to the hospital. Fucking kid. It was like literally like tapping, tapping toes in the ER. Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? (laughs) I don't think that works that way today. Yeah, I think you're right. It's well, and I'll, I got so many things to say. They're they're coming out (laughs) faster than I can put my, my words together. I think part of the reason that doesn't work today is that, you know, once again, I'm going to blame social media for everything. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, if that was your attitude, you'd be ostracized in public for not taking care of your children. And, and <laughs> it comes back to the embarrassment thing, but it's less word of mouth and it's more just out there now. The embarrassment thing is still a problem, but it goes to another level of you could get in trouble for not taking your kid the right way. Well, that's that, the... was that a thing back then? No. Like, actually, it, I don't think it was. You, It would have to be very bad to like, have your kids taken away. Back in the 70s, child neglect was like them wandering around in dirty diapers and right. malnourished, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's like 
if somebody's kid is walking to the playground by themselves, the parent goes to jail. A little extreme, but you're you're not on the, you're not you're not entirely wrong. You're not entirely wrong. They at least go to to social reputational jail, uh, which which is almost worse. It's like your kids your kids are out roaming the streets by themselves. That's all we did when we were kids. There was nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like nowadays, no way, right? That's just like forbidden. And my question is why? Oh, the world is so much more dangerous now than it was. Really? No, we we know how much more dangerous the world is now. Again, due to social, not just social media, but news and all that, and we we perceive the world to be more dangerous now than it was then. Then we just, I'm not going to say turn a blind eye, but the same creepos were all out there then. Mm-hmm. The same dangers were all out there then. The this you know different drugs, but the same impacts were all out there then. Alcohol was there, probably easier to get then than it is now. I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, definitely. <laughs> uh, but but I think that we are we are more scared due to the constant barrage of of information. I mean, you ever watch a, a news broadcast? It's like it's going to rain tomorrow, and here are the seven people who died within five minutes of your home. Right, right. <laughs> uh, that, that's what the news is anymore. Uh, there's when's the last time you saw a news report on like a charity drive, you know, bringing in a whole bunch of money and good things? It doesn't happen. No. No, and I, I think you're you're right. I agree with you. They it was always this way, right? There was always it, people want to think that that the dangers are so much more now than they were. They're not. They they're different. How how are those younger generations being taught to deal with that, or are they just is the they're being sheltered from it? Um, I think they know more about it than we think they do because again, the information's out there. They they have the ability to find all of this stuff, so I don't think they're they're probably more aware of the dangers that are out there, but they also are more aware of the opportunities that are out there. And, and I say op- and and those opportunities could be good things and very dangerous bad things. The opportunities to get your hands on drugs and this and that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. I think they just have the. Uh, you, you hear the phrase "they grow up so fast." I think those kids grew up much these kids have grown up much faster in terms of their what they see is available out there but they've grown up slower in terms of their independence because as parents we put the clamp down on it because we see all that does that did i explain that correctly so they know what i'm saying they've they've been exposed to the concepts Mm -hmm. right through social media and what have you my that's all curated though I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, completely. It, it is. Completely. Where I, I like to, I choose to believe <laughs> that in our childhood, we were exposed, but we had, in many cases, firsthand experience, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a curated exposure. That's the Someone th- said, smoke this, and you went, all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. But I, I yeah. just, I wonder, you know, I think about it today, and I know a lot of the things that you like to rant about, like, can you try just a little bit harder? Can you have just a little bit more common sense? Can you have just, a, you know, and we're coming at that from a perspective of how we think and how we think and act is a result of our, our generational experience, I think, at least in part. Therefore, are you seeing a difference in the younger generations, the, the deficits that you are seeing, or differences, I should say, I would call them deficits, in that quote, common sense world. 
because common sense is basically what kept our skin on when we were children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and you hear a lot as a parent, anyway, you hear a lot about the fact that, you know, brains aren't fully formed until they're 24 or 25. You know what? They never were. Ours weren't. Mm -mm. And you know what? I was married at that point. Right. <laughs> so I'm kind of tired of that excuse. If we don't let them fall down a couple times on the way, that common sense never forms. Right. You have to let them fail safe mm -hmm. because failure is how we learn. It is. It is. We, uh, a, a friend of mine from a scouting perspective has, has always said we succeed or we learn. Let's, let's not even, not that we're trying to hide from the word failure, but don't take failure as failure. Take it as opportunity. Here's another thing. When did failure not become failure? That's another, that's another one of those things where it's like, this is not everybody gets a trophy day. Yeah. I don't know when that changed. It, it, although, frankly, I was on a Little League team when I was a kid where we came in last. We lost every single game. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids on the team, his father, owned the local trophy store, I swear to God. And we all got trophies that year. That's awful. Which is, which is awful. Yes, it is awful. I, I agree with you. That shouldn't be. You, because in life, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Exactly. You will fail. Failure is a thing. And we should, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the fact that we can't say fail. We can't say, you know, these sorts of things that have, quote, negative connotations, even though they exist in the world. And it's something that people have to deal with. And I just wonder if, and again, no, no children. But looking at, I have no children. I coach and mentor a lot of them in my job. <laughs> That's not fair to them, but they are, they are young. I see it. I, I, I see this concept of failure is not okay. Well, and I think it's a, I think it's a language nuance. And you've talked about this with how you hate when people say it's my OCD acting up. Mm -hmm. I look at it in a similar fashion. There's a difference between looking at someone, especially a young person and saying you fit, that you're a failure or you failed versus that was a failing strategy. Let's do it differently next time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the difference between failure versus learning. And I know that's very nuanced, mm. but I, I do think there's merit to it. I mean, I get it. You're, you're talking, you're teaching someone how to cope with their failure. Yes. Cause somebody tried something, right? It's a concept of ownership. Mm -hmm. Somebody went to do something. I try it. It didn't work. Right. I had a hypothesis. I believed this was going to happen. I experimented and I tried it and it did not come out the way I had expected. That is a definition of failure. Right. It was not a success. It was a failure in that attempt. It was a success in the fact that you didn't quit. You tried and, something new. Yeah. And, and you're putting a lot more planning around something that a 16-year-old just goes, oh, that looks like fun, boom. <laughs> well, so a friend of mine called it being spanked by the universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this already. <laughs> and that's what, first off, let's just be, let's just be straight. I've uh, coached, I don't know, not coached. Um, like mentored? Mentored or um, worked with some of my friends who, who are having children now, who have certainly had children, but certainly the younger ones, the millennials. And they're like having boys. And I'm like, and they're like, oh God, boys. I don't know. I'm like, hey, let me tell you something about boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, first off, you don't read 
I don't believe anything anybody writes or says about boys if they're not a boy. <laughs> because girls can't tell you what it feels like to think like a boy. Number one, boys enter this, what I call dumbass stage at age 11. At age 11, they enter the dumbass stage, and some of them never recover. Ever. <laughs> Where they're always just doing stupid shit. Some of them grow out of it, right? I didn't say they matured, but some of them grow out of it. The things that I think you're talking about are when they're dead fast in the dumbass stage. The 16-year-old mm -hmm. that's like, I'm going to go do this. Oh, sure. And guess what? They are going to learn something. Was it a dumb idea? Yeah. Do... 16 year olds die sometimes because of their dumb ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they do. But this whole concept of the, I think the question comes back to when somebody goes through a failure like that, the question is why? And I'm going to potentially take this in a, <clears throat> in a direction away from where you wanted to go. But a lot of it depends on how that person, whether they're young or old, takes that failure as I need to learn and regroup versus I'm going to blame someone else or something else for my failure and not take ownership of that failure. That, that, that divergent path very much comes from how they, I, I, I'm going to say how they were brought up and what oh, their totally. state is and how they approach the problem because there's learning from it and then there's getting obstinate and getting angry from it. And then they refuse to learn from it, mm -hmm. right? And that's that emotional maturity that I just wonder, I think that emotional maturity occurred even if we refuse to believe it or, or use it <laughs> as products, children products of, of Generation X, that was part of our growing up. Yep. I do not want to believe that somehow that experience was bad and therefore our peers, when they had children, decided to revert to the exact opposite, which is overprotection and... Um, Everybody gets a trophy day. And the problem now is that so much of it is overprotection, that if you do try to go the way we grew up, and I have, a, I have a friend in particular who's gone this way where it's, you know, they've got to figure it out. They are so much on their own because everyone else's parents are overprotecting. Right. And you are, you are much more likely to fall into that. It's everyone else's fault because, you know, everyone else's kids get a pass except me. Why? Hmm. So you, you almost can't go the, the, the Gen X way anymore um, because everyone else is getting such a level of support, it puts you on an uneven playing field. Let's not say support because I don't think it's support. Okay, fair. Um, of uh, leverage? I, it could be leverage. Um, it could be shielding. It uh, could be better word. Yep. Ass uh, uh, assistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. And guess what? They're going to be awful people. <laughs> they're they're going to be the ones that piss off Greg the most in the grocery store. <laughs> oh yeah, and and so let me say as well. So for these kids, there comes a point, and, and you're right. At 11, they become kind of stupid. At around 13 or 14, though, very very soon after, the, is when you know generationally always the rebellious nature starts. And I have seen the harder they're shielded, the more they rebel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and this was less rebellion and more frustration. Let me tell a story about my daughter. So my daughter turned 13 or 14 in the middle of COVID. At the time, my son was working on getting his driver's license. 
So she had been isolated from her friends for a year or so at that point. Then my son all of a sudden had the ability to get out and about by himself. Mm -hmm. um, even though he couldn't do much of it because COVID. And in the midst of it as well, he's in high school, he's picking the classes he wants to take, and she's in the middle school, you know, stuck on the path that they force you to. It was so obvious that she felt so smothered and so trapped and un 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 unable and not being allowed to make any decisions for herself. And I could, it was palpable. I could, I could see the frustration with her. And you've, you've seen, I mean, she, that was a, right around the age, it was her birthday during all that. And she's like, I really want to dye my hair. Mm -hmm. And she went bright red. Mm -hmm. And she said, I know you're probably going to say no, but this is what I want to do for my birthday. And we're like, okay, let us, let us think about it. And she's like, okay. And she leaves the room and I look at my wife and I mouth, we have to let her do this. And she nodded. And, we're, and before my daughter could get to the steps, we're like, hey, come back here. <laughs> and she was so, and it was, a, it was a thing about her being able to finally take control. And I think that's something that a lot of kids, when they're smothered, I'm not saying that we did or didn't smother her, but she was smothered as a, as a, as a circumstance at that point, or at least perceived she was being. And we had to give her an outlet. Mm -hmm. And it was a safe outlet. Yeah. Um, I remember like my parents saying like, really? Isn't that ruining her hair? I'm like, would you rather she is off smoking or getting piercings? Like, I'm thrilled that this is what she wants to do to her body. This is great. <laughs> how, how can she exert some control over her own life? Yeah, yeah. And, and as, as humans, they naturally want that control. Some use that control to do stupid shit. And okay, they all use that control to do stupid <laughs> shit. But, but if you don't give them control, we, she has a friend whose mother goes on every single trip the school goes on, follows her everywhere. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. And, oh. and they all know, like, when they're going on a trip, they're like, oh, God, is your mom coming on this one? This is, the, the girl is the old, she's the oldest in their family. This girl's going to go away to college, and we've talked about this because your wife's roommate. This girl's going to go away to college and explode. Yep. <laughs> with the freedom. So we are creating spring-loaded mechanisms by compressing these children. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when we do have to let go, it's a, it's a matter of how much of a flex they can then take. I can only, I can only speak for my experience of mentoring, like I said, mentoring and coaching in the workplace. And there is such a, a dramatic difference that I notice of the younger generations and how they react and respond to, I'll just say work social pressures. Cause frankly, yeah, there's still some boomers kicking around, but Gen X runs the shop. All the executives are in that range and we have these expectations based on our collective experiences. And I'm not seeing uh, the ability to translate between that and younger generations very well. So I'm trying hard to understand it because if I'm going to coach and mentor, I need to, I need to understand it. Sure. And what I'm finding is that there is a fundamental, it, it, people are like, well, what's it going to take to succeed? Well, in the world that I live in, it's called common sense or critical thinking. And try to teach that. It's almost fucking impossible. Yeah. And so the question is, how does that come about? Well, that sort of thing comes about through trial and error, through failure. It's for you to be able to have the wherewithal to look forward and say, if this, then that. It's the rat with the cheese in the maze. <laughs> and I do not see it. I don't see it. I'm not just saying this because they're in their, you know, let's say early to mid-20s and they haven't had those life experiences yet. I get it. They'll... Plenty of time for them to become jaded like me. There's a certain base level of 
being able to think through and look at the, all the potential outcomes and choose the best fit path that was fundamental for us as latchkey kids and Gen Xers every day. I just don't know that it exists anymore. I'm, I'm not willing to, I, I agree fundamentally with everything you just said. I, I'm not willing to ignore the fact that the perspective that, that you have and that I have is different from our, our 50 years on the planet. Sure. Um, I, I think there, I think that at the age they are at now, maybe we weren't as unable to use common sense, but we were we were by no means at the level we are now to use common sense. And I say I say that thinking about people like I don't know my sister listening to this going you are you you've never learned how to use common sense. <laughs> um, I I don't think they're as bad as we think, and I don't think we were as good as we think. Dude, I got I. I got spanked by the universe constantly. Mm -hmm. They're getting spanked by the universe in a different way. And I, I hate to make everything about social media, but there is such, there is such a, the level of peer pressure on them because it is visible everywhere and is saved is so much higher mm -hmm. than we ever had. You did something stupid. You got made fun of. And an hour later, someone else did something stupid. Uh, uh, um, no, no, I refuse to believe that because those six friends that I have mm -hmm. meant some of them are from my high school days and they still remind me of stupid shit that I did. Oh God, me too. <laughs> Social we media wasn't a thing. So mm -hmm. the fact that there's, that's like, oh, it's recorded for prosperity. No, it's recorded in my friend's brains. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. And I, <laughs> I know, ex oh God. I know exactly what Michael is saying right now. Um, <laughs> uh, I know exactly the phrase he's using about me, mm -hmm. um, the nickname they used to call me. Yes, you're you're right, but but the difference is those six friends know that story. The three hundred people that you're connected to on Instagram and Facebook don't. Yeah, but so is it really that impactful for them if they don't know who you are? And it is. It, uh, I don't understand it, it, I, why. I, I, I believe that it is. I believe that it is the the social price of failure for them is so much higher now than it was back then that maybe it's that they're not willing to admit failure and maybe that's why there's such an emphasis on it wasn't my fault. It was the universe conspired. You know, spanked by the universe, there's I deserve that spanking and the universe has it in for me. And, I, and I'm not... Uh, I'm not saying it's okay. What I'm saying is that there's a they have a there's a different level of exposure that they have today that we just did not have, and a different level of embarrassment that makes it hard for them to admit it. So that it's recorded for everyone to see, and it's yes. never going to go away, and therefore everybody's going to see that stupid thing they did that one time on TikTok. Yeah, and no one's going to care. No, nobody's going to care. The only people who are going to care are the people who are going to try to use it against you to bully you. And when you're 14 years old, that's your world. Oh, I get it. I Oh, I remember. Right? I remember what that bullying was like. I don't think, though, that it is an excuse. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's not uh, it's such a thin line between excuses and, and explanations, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, I, yeah. just, I just don't. What brings, it, what brings into my mind, questions into my mind is how are how are those social pressures being educated and 
dealt with, coped with? How do you allow those kids to grow, i.e. fail in that environment without it being so mortified that, you know, they have, they take drastic measures. Right, right. There's, there's gotta, you've gotta have a level of being able to let it roll off of you. You've gotta have some resilience. And I think that takes us full circle back to where we started was where's the resilience, where's Mm -hmm. the willingness to fail and, and learn from it. Um, And are we as parents, removing their ability to build up that resilience by mm-hmm. removing the ability to try new things. Mm-hmm. Have we created the problem? Yes. Is the problem quite as large as you're making it out to be with your your observations of current events and your retrospective on how you grew up? I don't know the answer to that. The answer is yes. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I know I've been photographed at least twice as, as a big one. 